the Jimmy Swagger network is on out there at the lodge. And so I go back and forth between gun smoke, wagon train, and Jimmy Swagger. And I tell you, somebody else has been watching a little Jimmy too because it felt like that as y'all were worshiping the Lord. Uh, I don't know if any of those songs were new to you. Uh, not a one of them was new to me, and that's what I cut my teeth on, and that's what many of you cut your teeth on. And let me just challenge you. I want to be very serious. I believe you've overcome this. I don't know. In Alabama, we've not overcome the worship wars. We've not overcome that. And so, here's all I'll say about it, okay? Don't let your preference be a stumbling block. I love tonight's worship, but I love anything that lifts up the name of Jesus, okay? And so, as that first sermon talked about Sunday morning, be willing to give up your preferences and do whatever it takes to win as many as we can before it's too late. I promise you there's probably just as many uh, that enjoy the contemporary over uh, what we did tonight as vice versa. And so don't, please, don't. I don't know if it's an issue, but don't waste another minute if that's an issue. Just uh, surrender to the Lord and, and don't fight about things that don't matter. I, I've got to tell you something that's just so neat. Mr. Davis is no stranger to you. Uh, I was sharing with his beautiful daughter my phone number last night because she's very interested in going to Auburn. You know this, where her parents graduated from, War Eagle. And so when I sent her my phone number, it popped up Gadsden, Alabama. Well, I live in Prattville, which is about two hours from Gadsden, but I was raised in Gadsden, Alabama. When she saw that, she was interested because Mr. Davis was raised in Gadsden, Alabama. If I'm not, is that right? Gadsden, Alabama. So uh, I just think it's neat. It's a small world. And if, if connections like that are made physically, we were raised. I said, tell him I was raised five miles from Nakalula Falls. And that was the exact landmark that he was asking if I knew anything about. And so here, here's what I'm saying. If you think uh, physical connections like that happen... Imagine what it is in this network of believers that we have. And we've got family members all over the world uh, that have been born again just like us. They are our brothers. They are our sisters. They don't all look like us, and they certainly don't all agree with everything. But don't get hung up on what don't matter don't get I, I i had the privilege of going to samaritan's purse devotional uh, devotion monday and i guess it came from from headquarters in samaritan's purse it was on a screen and the devotion was talking about how we literally not only split churches not only do we cause division over little things that don't matter, hey, we build entire denominations on things that are going to wash out in the end. They don't matter. They have nothing to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so, my parting words to you are not jokes. I really could take the, an entire hour and just pour gratitude out on you. And I can't do that. I'll, I'll put it in a letter and let your pastor read it. Uh, but what I want to challenge you is things that matter. And I don't know. I'm just assuming you're like most other churches. And here's why. The devil does not have any new tricks. He's using the same tools to destroy the church as he always has. 
has. And it all comes down uh, to us being willing to surrender everything. Our preferences, our strong thoughts, not our Bible-based convictions. And never, never must you compromise your Bible-based convictions. But if you... If you don't have uh, the Bible as the basis for the stand that you're willing to die for, uh, then you probably need to back up because if it's not in here, it really doesn't matter. Take your Bible and turn with me uh, to 2 Kings chapter 5. I guess I've tried to explain to Suzanne. She just now sent me a text and she said, I see you. And so uh, she's awake right now, but give her about 10 more minutes. The worship service is over and she'll be asleep in a minute, all right? So uh, uh, here's, here's what has impressed me more and what my reports have been back to Alabama. And I hope I can word this. As breathtaking as the mountains are, as amazing as your state is, to be able to open the front door and there be uh, moose in your front yard. I mean, I've had experiences that I will never forget. As amazing as all of that is, let me tell you what I will take home with me. I will take you home with me. I see the families. I see individuals that are here. I know some of your stories. And I, and I see what God's doing in your life. So as amazing as your state has been, College Heights Baptist Church has made an impression on my heart that I will never forget. And of all the things that impress me the most, your children and your youth, have blessed me. I, I wish I could call all of their names, but for just a minute, and, and I, I, I hate to keep hitting this family, but I want a little deacon. I don't, I don't want a little deacon to come up here. I don't even know if he's in here. Uh, but um, I want you to think about little deacon for just a moment. And, and I just love his name, and I can't ever forget that name. But I was watching little deacon as he was playing last night after the service, and and I started thinking about him throughout the day. And, and it's, it's hard for us to grasp this. But the Bible clearly says that all of us are sinners. The Bible very clearly says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible goes on to say because of that sin... We will be punished. The wages of sin is death. Now, I think about little deacon, and he's so innocent. And I think about your little boy, and your little girl, and, and these teenagers. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't seem fair. But the Bible says that even in our birth, we were born into sin. Now, yet this is not new to anybody in this room. The best way to understand sin is with an Old Testament disease called leprosy. Leprosy was a skin disease. Leprosy would start out mild. And with that, and with the thought of little deacon for just a moment, moment, I want to tell you the story about a man who did not choose the condition that he had. The Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse number 1, Now Naaman, the commander of the host of Syria, he was a great and he was an honorable man, and then the three words that he has been tattooed with, so to speak, uh, that he will be known for forever is, but he was a leper. Naaman, captain of the host of Syria, a mighty man of valor, a good man, but he was a leper. 
Now let's think about Deacon for just a moment, all right? I, I don't know if Deacon has, uh, I don't even know if they make them anymore. But, but when I was growing up, we had these little green army men. And boy, we could take these little green army men. They were just little plastic army men. And boy, we, we could let our imagination just go wild. We would have army men here and army men there. And when we got a little older, we could take bottle rockets. And we could throw <laughs> bottle rockets. And we could blow up. I believe one day there was a little boy just like Deacon. And he was playing, maybe, maybe imagining and maybe dreaming. He, he didn't have the little plastic army men, but he had an imagination. And I believe that little boy dreamed that one day he would be able to serve in his military like his dad did. And so that young man named Naaman, as a young boy, he would dream about just being in the military. And sure enough, he grew to be a young man, and he joined the military. But little did he know, just like some of you that I've learned, he began to climb the ranks. He began at the bottom, but now... Naaman is captain of the host of Syria. I want you to think about three things tonight. Number one, the man. He did not ask for this, but his position allowed him to have maybe a, maybe a closet full of uniforms. I want you to see that. He had a closet full of uniforms, and he had his private chamber and little Naaman as he grew in rank and now as he's a man he would come in after leading the troops many times with victories he would come in to his private quarters his bedroom so to speak and he would close the door now stay with me all right he would close the door and he would stand maybe in front of a mirror. He would make sure that no one was around and he would begin to take off his medals, his accomplishment. And then, layer by layer, he would remove his uniform. Verse 1, chapter 5 tells us that he had a terminal condition. Now, now, let's just use our sanctified common sense for just a moment. There had to be a starting point. I, I believe one day, Naaman, coming in maybe from a victory, he, he began to peel off the layers of who he was, captain of the host of Syria. And he noticed at first, look, maybe nothing but a little rash that irritated him. He thought nothing of it. But that little rash began to spread wide and it began to go deep. And now Naaman, the captain of the host of Syria, had a terminal disease that nobody else knew about. Now tonight, what does that have to do with us? We're thinking about one thing right now, the man. But what does that have to do with us? Well, according to the Bible, all of us, no one is immune. Now some will get COVID and some will not get COVID. But when it comes to sin, no one is immune. And when we think about Naaman, we think about a little boy whose dream came true. And just like you're going to do, he began to get settled in his career. But underneath all the medals, underneath all the uniforms, there was a deadly disease 
that only he knew about. If you know much about leprosy, it does that. It goes wide and it goes deep. And so, no doubt, Naaman had to medicate himself. No doubt, Naaman had to begin to take towels and he began to have to put more and more bandages and more and more layers. Why? Because he was an important leader. And word could not get out. Or he would be seen as weak. And so every morning, the same routine, after he would layer his terminal illness, he would put on his uniform, he would put his medals on, he would stand in front of the mirror, just like... Somebody in this room right now. After he would look in the mirror, he would convince himself, I can do this. And he would walk out of the chamber, his private chambers, and immediately he would walk in a room and people would stand. And immediately he could stand and he could address his troops and they would give him undivided attention. Now Naaman, verse 1, captain of the host of Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a good man. He was a respected man. But he was. A leper. Before I read verse 2, let, let me make a quick observation. I, I've been asking you guys the dumbest questions. I know. I've, I've asked everything that can be asked. And the dumbest of all my questions are, do you watch those reality shows that are for, for, filmed here in Alaska? I, I, I've asked you that, and I've not found one person that watches any of that. Only Alabamians think it's real, all right? And so, uh, I know that all reality shows are doctored up. But there's one reality show that I want to ask you that if, if you've ever watched this. And I'm not sure how much they have to dramatize this one. It's a reality show called Intervention. And some of you can't watch it because you have an addictive tendency. And when you watch that, it triggers you. And some people can't watch it because it's so real it's hard to experience. Listen to this. The Bible says in verse number 2 that Naaman's wife had a little maid. Now, now there's so many issues that, that are represented right here in this room. And, and, and boy, at this time, I just wish it was ladies. I never say that. I always say, I wish it was men, because if it was men, I could really let them have it. But for just a minute, I wish it was just ladies. Because here's what we know about this little maid. This little maid had a family. This little maid had a church. This little maid had a community. And one day, just like some of you, the enemy came in. And the enemy attacked her community. And here's what's confusing. The Bible says the Lord gave Naaman's troops victory. Come here. Stay right here with me. And after they had conquered, they were about to leave. And in my mind, a little blonde-headed girl catches their eye. 
And here's what the Bible says. They snatched her. Now, now, now th- th- this is a whole sermon. This is a whole, this is so important for you to get a hold of. Please hear this. I know this is not traditional revival preaching, but you got to hear this. This little girl was kidnapped. This little girl, I believe, was abused. This little girl was taken from her family, her church, her community, and she was brought into the home of Naaman. Verse 1, captain of the host of Syria, a mighty man of valor, a good man. And do you know what this little maid did? It's hard to believe. This little maid had such faith in God that even though she was abused and even though she was grieving and even though what was done to her was wrong ladies do you know what this little maid trusted That even in this horrible situation, that her God had a plan. What do little maids do? Little maids begin to clean, and little maids begin to prepare. And and I can see this little maid as she comes in and... Somebody needs to do this at the lodge, by the way. Uh, She comes in and begins to gather up. Naaman's dirty clothes. And every day, she begins to notice something that was worse than the day before. As she gathered his dirty clothes, do you suppose there was an odor? As she gathers the dirty towels, Do you suppose that a disease that eventually kills 100% of everyone who has the disease, uh, a skin disease that goes deep and wide, do you suppose that it was hard to hide from the maid? Now, now, here's just a little practical application, okay? Come here, come here, stay with me. Do you remember when you could hide your little rash? Do you remember when you were able to be a functioning addict or alcoholic? Now, now we talk about drugs and alcohol because it's so easy. Those are tangible. But the room is full. From the front row all the way around, the, the, the room is full of examples. So don't just focus and say, I've never drank a drop in my life. Well, get over it. I promise you, you have something. And here's the way it starts. All have sinned and fallen way short of the glory of God. Now, do you remember the reality show I just now mentioned called Intervention? The the reason the reality show is so hard to watch is there comes a point in a family member's life normally or a friend's life that they're willing to do whatever it takes, even if it costs the relationship to not let their friend self-destruct. Stay with me. And I'll wrap it all up, I promise. This little maid, day after day, She went through, she cleaned, she made up the bed, 
And then she made her way to Naaman's dirty garment. Come here. And one day, as she was carrying his dirty garments to the laundry, I believe she realized something. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. My master has leprosy. In other words, my master is a walking dead man. Now come here. This is where it gets so difficult. Especially if you're in this room right now and you've been abused. Alright? I know that. Her relationship with God was so much greater than the wrong that had been done to her. And I want you to look at what happened. I believe this with all of my heart. One day, she carried his nasty clothes, and it broke her heart. <laughs> this is a man who snatched her away. This is a man who kidnapped her. This is a man who made her serve his wife. But this was a little maid who was broken over the lostness of her master. Now stop, stop. This whole revival will not Bear any fruit if you don't get this right here. You have a community full of lepers. There, look, they started out just like a little deacon. They're innocent. They're little boys. They're little girls. They don't say, I want to become a thief. They don't say, I want to be a whoremonger. They don't say, I'm going to be an addict. No. They're born a sinner. And so, what I don't understand is we, the church, look at them, and here's our excuse. They deserve what they're getting. We look at the bum and we say, they deserve that. They made bad choices. They deserve what they're going through. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I want you to know that that is wrong. Here's the truth of the matter. Little deacon, innocent little boy. My little Caleb, my little Kyle, innocent little boys. But we've all, look, we've all got a little secret. And until someone, come here, intervenes, cares enough to step into our life, and share with us the gospel. We're walking dead men and women. Look, they're not just going to clean up. I'm so glad that you have AA that meets here. I drove by one night, saw a big crowd of people. I love AA. I love NA. I love all those programs. But look, look, it is a terminal disease called sin. And you may be able to bring yourself to a few years of sobriety. But, if you don't experience the last part of this sermon, do you remember the points? The man, the maid. Can y'all figure it out? This is Alabama. Y'all can figure this out, can't you? The miracle. One day, 
the little maid with a broken heart said, I can't take this anymore. And if you've ever watched intervention, or if you, some of you have been a part of a real intervention, and it is scary. It is brutal. It gets ugly a lot of times. And this little maid was willing to risk it all to save her master. Now look at what the Bible says. The Bible says that the little maid said these words. You, you don't have to be a theologian. I think it was Bob. Bob asked me, or we were talking the other night, and he's been faith trained. It's an evangelism tool, F-A-I, and many of you have been trained. Some of you, like me, you've been trained in all of them. Faith, evangelism explosion, share Jesus without fear. All of these tools to lead people to Jesus, and that is great. Except for one thing. Until you're able to share from here. I don't care if you memorize the greatest evangelism tool there is. You're not going to be very successful. Here's what this little maid did. This little maid spoke to the ones that needed to hear this, and she said these words. Are you ready? If my master could meet, I'm going to paraphrase, my preacher. I think I'll get that tattooed right here. Look, it happened just like a, and then, boy, I got plenty of room right there. If my master could just meet my preacher. Back in Israel, where he kidnapped me from, I believe he could receive a miracle. I was talking to Dave yesterday morning. We were having breakfast, or the morning before. He's, he's hopefully in Kenya right now. Trudy, he's... Have anybody heard from Dave? Does anybody care about Dave? <laughs> I sent him a text. Look, oh, there's, there's, uh, listen, listen. We were sitting at the fireplace at the, um, at the catch early one morning this week. And do you know what your daddy said? I mean, I saw it, I didn't hear it, I didn't see it coming. But when it came, I saw it. He said, Phil, you know what I like to do? And I felt something was coming. And I was like, what? He said, I like to sit down with people. And I like to tell them, this, this old boy with not much of an education... This old boy, and he began to describe himself. And the more he described his condition, the more something began to stir in your deacon. And before it was over, he said, I love to tell people what Jesus. And at that time, it was squeezing out of his eyes. I couldn't even understand his words. By the time he got to Jesus, every word was coming out of his eyes in tears. And I looked at him and I said, Dave, that's what the little maid had. Dave, that's how you lead people to Jesus. You don't become a Southern Baptist robot. You don't, it's good to memorize. You need to memorize. You need a plan. But more than anything else, here's what you need to be able to say. First, she had a testimony by her lifestyle. 
You'll never lead someone to Jesus if you are false advertising. Remember last night? Oh, I'm a believer and I have the fruit of the Spirit. But when they come meet you, all they see is a smoldering mess, firewood. If you want to lead your friends to Jesus and your family to Jesus, number one, you demonstrate that even, even though life stinks and it's unfair and some of us have been abused, did, did you hear that? Boys too. Some of us have been excused, abused. Our God is far bigger than our past. The little maid said, If my master could just meet my preacher. Now this sermon is like all my sermons. It can just cut off anywhere, alright? So I'm going to cut it off right after this last point. This last point goes back to Naaman. Where was he in his um, condition? Everybody stay, this is so important. Where was he in his journey? He was at the place that every single one of us either have been or we're going to be or we are right now. Do you know where he was? He was at the bottom, and he knew that he couldn't hide it anymore. He knew that he was getting weak. He knew that his uniform was not covering it up. By the end of the day, those old sores were seeping through, and everybody could see that our master is sick. L listen. If that's never happened to you, it will. If you've tried to cover up your past, your sin, other than by the blood, all you're doing is masking it with religion, with being good, with serving. Some, some of the greatest workers in the church, I hate to say this, some of the greatest workers in the church are great workers because they're trying to cover up. And they've never come to Jesus. Word came to Naaman. Naaman, your little maid, your little maid here, said, you need to meet her preacher. Now look, he could have said, what a fool. Send her to prison. He could have backhanded her. But he didn't do any of those things. Here's what he did. He loaded up the chariots. He thought this was something he needed to pay for. If it's true, I'm going to pay for it. And, and so he loaded up the chariots. And he put it in his GPS. And he headed to the preacher's house. And he knocked on the preacher's door. I promise this will be the last. I promise. Look, it's just, is it right? 724? I don't know what to believe. What? Watch this. The preacher was doing what your pastor did today. Study and read. The pastor, the pastor was with God. And somebody came to him and said, Hey, Naaman is here at the door. Everybody watch because this is going to touch somebody in this room. And Elisha, the preacher, said, Yeah, all right. Go tell him to dip in the Jordan seven times. And so this little messenger went to the door and said, Sir, I'm glad you came by. Um, preacher's busy. But he said to tell you to go down to the Jordan and dip seven times. And do you know what it did? Same thing it would do to some of you. It ticked him off. 
Are you serious? I came all this way, and he won't even get out of his study? Y'all look at me. Preachers are odd. <laughs> but you better honor the position. As odd as they are, they've always been odd. You don't, they're not your hireling. You don't, you don't ever have the right to say that we pay him to be available to us. No, they're, they're God's appointed person, all right? That one's just free. <laughs> Naaman had a fit. Some of you have never been saved because you think surely there's more to it than becoming like a little child. I'm offended at that. What do you mean become like a little child and humble yourself and admit that you're a, just like Naaman? Oh, he, he got mad. He said, hey, there's better rivers, and you got them right here. I've been seeing rivers. I've never seen so many rivers and lakes in my entire life, and they're crystal clear. And I can hear Naaman say, hey, my lake is better than this mess. In other words, my way, my religion, my plan is better than repent, believe, confess. And so if you're here tonight and this just doesn't make sense to you, you're in a good group. Because most of us would agree with you. God sending his only son? You going to send deacon? That's tough. Doesn't make sense. But I will let this be it. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me where are you tonight are you here as Naaman I remember being Naaman I remember it well and that's why I don't judge you I don't care what you've done and I don't care how long you've done it I have quit judging people because apart from the grace of God, I would be doing exactly what you're doing. All have sinned. Are you naming the man? Are you desperate enough to believe? Now come here, girls. Y'all have been so supportive to me, and I just want to thank you. And so these girls represent everybody else in this room. God does not need... And I'm scared to say this because he's probably listening. Billy Graham. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. God needs little maids, little nobodies that know him and that love him and that don't, I don't say the word up. You know what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't, that's crude to say up. So I don't say it. But um, God's looking for those of us that have been up and not scarred for life. I'll never forget those scars. I carry those scars from a little boy. But that don't define me. makes me a better minister so are you the man are you the maid and the final question is do you need a miracle he went down once ha twice three times four five six times nothing happened until seventh time it happened just like the preacher said And so it can for you. Let's pray. Every evangelist says, if you were to die tonight, 
Do you know for certain where you would spend eternity? Most of you immediately answer yes. And to you I rejoice. Some of you immediately say I hope so. Oh I hope so. You don't have to hope so. You can know so without a shadow of a doubt. Now from this revival, it's really simple to remember. Abide in the vine. Realize God's going to take you down some narrow paths. Be willing to take risk, move forward, even if it's risking your life and your reputation. And as Suzanne and I are in, even if it's risking everything that you've worked for. Tonight, you've got to trust Him with all of your heart. And that's what this invitation gives you an opportunity to do. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. We're going to have one song. During this song, I know it's awkward to move. And I can see now that it's been a long time for some to move. And there's nothing magical about coming to the altar. It's just a stage. But I tell you what, it would sure show unity humility and it might help you seal this commitment in your heart that whatever God asks you to do you will obey father thank you that you loved us when we were lepers and so God tonight would you please through the power of the Holy Spirit, bring all of us to some point of decision. Anything that's not right in our life, would you please do a miracle? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, look, for the last time, as your guest, stand in the honor of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we sing, you come.